Coastal News Today and the American Shoreline Podcast Network's coverage of the 2019 Coastal States Organization Fall Membership Meeting is provided by Coastal Transplants, making dunes grow through consultation, vegetation, sand fencing, and maintenance. Coastaltransplants.com. And accommodations provided by Troy Giles and the Palms Resort and Cafe on the Beach. PalmsResortCafe.com. If you're looking for the most charming place to stay in South Padre Island, go to the Palms Resort and Cafe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. My name is Peter Ravel. I'm co-host of the show. And my name's Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. South Padre Island, Texas, Tyler. It is a beautiful day down here, and we are attending the Coastal States Organization member and guest meeting here in South Padre Island, Texas. And uh, Tyler, they've brought people from all over the country down here to South Padre. Really a, an amazing cast of coastal policy leaders uh, from D.C. and around the American shoreline. Uh, representing many, I would say, m probably most of the coastal states. Uh, there are people here from uh, local coastal management uh, bureaus all the way up to state level, and then all of the federal partners, uh, the, the big cats that you'd expect are here. Uh, and it's really just an, a great gathering of people. Uh, and, of course, uh, the venue, South Padre Island, one of our favorite uh, places to be. Uh, has has not disappointed. Beautiful weather since we've been here, Peter. It's just been fantastic. It really is. Uh, Coastal States Organization, for the listeners out there who may not be familiar with the organization, it's, an, it's a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization. It, it represents the governors of the nation's coastal states and the commonwealths and the territories on coastal management issues. So this is the organization that represents, that works on behalf of the folks who implement coastal management strategies in the United States of America. And Tyler, that includes the Great Lakes states. So there's people here from Ohio, Michigan, and the Commonwealth Territories, American Samoa is representatives are here for all of the territories of the U.S. that have coastal responsibilities. So CSO does a great job and it brings together these coastal leaders so they could talk to each other about how they're handling issues like climate change and resiliency issues. And uh, it's a really great program, I have to say. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to folks that are attending. Yeah, and, you know, it, today is a Thursday morning, uh, bright and early. We're here at the Pearl, uh, the yeah. lovely Pearl here on the uh, south end of South Padre Island. Uh, but Peter, yesterday uh, you were here and yeah. you got to go on the field trip. And I think that our listeners would be very interested to know yeah. what you saw on the field trip. Well, it was a, a very well organized. Thanks to Cameron County, Joe Vega, the uh, parks director here in Cameron County, Texas. I think he was a big part of organizing the field trip. But, uh, you know, we went out to SpaceX and uh, saw the launch facility for the new rocket. Uh, they are going to test fire the new rocket. This is the large large Mars rocket. All with, our space nerds out there are yeah, freaking out. If you we were the, into the Apollo program <laughs> or whatever, I mean, this is cool. This is the Raptor engine. It's the brand new engine developed by SpaceX. It is powered by methane and oxygen uh, 
fuel system, very different. But we were able to go out to SpaceX and 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 sit in uh, on a on a on an overview of the company and the and the plans for the uh, Boca Chica spaceport facility here on South Padre Island. And that was amazing. And then drove down the, the road to the launch pad and saw the rocket under construction. They're going to assemble it in by the end of next weekend. And by the end of the year, they're going to do a 22-kilometer high test firing of this rocket and, and, it's, and then descent and return to the pad here in Boca Chica. It's a huge deal uh, for the region that this spaceport is being developed here in Oh, right on the shoreline. Totally, totally transformative uh, for this region to have that kind of high tech yeah. uh, power, you would say, yeah. uh, here, which I think is just totally great. And uh, very cool that you got to see that. Now, if, if you're wondering why I wasn't there, I was I was back doing the news for y'all. So <laughs> don't right. forget to go to coastnewstoday.com and read the news. Uh, we're always compiling that for you. But, Peter, after you went to the SpaceX yeah. uh Presentation. Well, actually, you know, why don't you talk about a little bit about the the community, the role of, of SpaceX in the community down here? Because it well, is interesting. We're right on the border. Yeah. Uh, interesting community there. Boca Chica Village, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah. There's Boca Chica. So Boca Chica is a is a shoreline segment just to the south of the Brownsville Ship Channel entrance, and it borders. This is where the Rio Grande River comes into the Gulf of Mexico. So, just down the beach from SpaceX is the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, you can stand on the Rio Grande shoreline on the beach and look across uh, about 200 yards to Mexico, and there's fishermen there. The community exists there. But we're d- we're deep in the Rio Grande Valley, and to have SpaceX come down here with this high-tech, as they said in the presentation, this is the cutting-edge rocket technology on the planet, what they're building down here, this Raptor engine uh, and this new rocket. This is the this is the this is the rocket that is designed to service the space station, of course, but also go to the moon. And this is the design that's supposed to go to Mars. And they spoke very candidly about that and seriously about that, the necessity to go to Mars. And everybody was sitting there a little bit in disbelief, like, really? You're going to go to Mars from Boca Chica Beach? And, and they are. That's the plan. But, but like you said, it, it, SpaceX's role in the community is really important down here. The University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, UTRGV. Uh, has a facility out there on the SpaceX launch site. Uh, they've built that for them. Uh, it's called SpaceGate. It's going to be right. a place where students are going to be working with the engineers of SpaceX. Uh, and That's uh, so cool. It is. You know what they said? They're gonna, they, the UTRGV program is intended to build three satellites, which SpaceX has committed to launch for them. And these are, huh. yeah, they're going to actually, that's part of the program is they're mentoring these young engineers at UTRGV, and they're going to build, they've got an opportunity to build three of these small satellites, which will be added to compatible, as I said, compatible launches and put into orbit. Uh, so, I mean, it's an incredible incentive for the university. Right. And really a powerhouse and just just technological stepping, step. It, truly, uh, SpaceX. I'm sure uh, our listeners are you know familiar with and probably really knowing knowing the demographics of our listeners are probably nerding out on this. Uh, very cool to have them here. Just stepping back, you know, to state the obvious, these space facilities really need coastal facilities because yeah. Uh, 
you're launching, you don't want it to go over a terrestrial yeah. space because, uh, heaven forbid, there's a problem. You'd prefer that it end up over right. the water. Uh, so, you know, whether it's Cape Canaveral or Vandenberg Air Force Base in yep. Cape Canaveral's in Florida, Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. Yeah. Uh, I know that there's some islands down uh, closer to the equator where there are launches that take place. But Boca Chica is very southern. Uh, it's it's yeah. not. It's very southern. It's about as south as you could go to find an open beach yeah. where they could do this. So it was an op- a good spot for them. And it, it seems like they've really integrated themselves into the community yeah. to make it work. Uh, that's obviously something that NASA didn't really have to worry about uh, in with Cape Canaveral. They just took that area and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> made a massive uh, That's right. complex. This is the difference between public and private investment in, in space infrastructure. Uh, but you're right about the location selection. Uh, things I didn't know. First of all, you need to launch over water and you need to launch to the east, kind of depending on what orbit you're going into. The location of the launch site has a lot to do with the fuel capacity necessary to, for long voyages. Right. You want to be as close to the equator as you can be. Uh, that is means it's less fuel to get into orbit. Uh, but they explained all of this, and, and they looked all over the world, really, to, for this launch site, and they chose to be at Boca Chica Beach, and it's really kind of amazing. Um, so if you're coming to South Padre Island now, you can travel to Boca Chica Beach. It's an open public beach. Um, it will be closed during launches, but normally you can drive through essentially the SpaceX launch site and see the rockets being assembled next to the road. Literally can do this. And so we were able to have the overview of the site and get the picture and the company's perspective on what they're trying to do and also just travel down the road. But it's really spectacular and it's really important. And, uh, the commentary on the tour was that we are standing in a place that 30 years from now is going to be a major uh, uh, rocketry space exploration. Spaceport. Space it's a spaceport, man. facility, and yeah. this is the beginning stages. So we'll post some – I think you posted a few – we'll post some more pictures on uh, – on, on our social media social platforms, media, yeah, absolutely, Facebook, and so the other thing we did after after that was we got a chance to go to the new headquarters of the Port of Brownsville, uh, which is a very important port on international trade with Mexico. Uh, about ninety percent. There's a couple things I learned about the Port of Brownsville. About ninety percent of the import export cargo is in, in trade with Mexico. So this is the northernmost, they describe themselves as the northernmost port of Mexico. Wow. Uh, shipments in and out of Monterey, California, uh, Monterey, Mexico, come through the port of Brownsville. It is the closest port to their major industrial city of Monterey. Wow. Yeah. There's no other port in Mexico that's easier. So the, the rail and truck transportation that comes uh, into the port of Brownsville can reach into Mexico. It's and really international. It's a very international port. And the, uh, here's the big news, I think, that the port is, is looking at. Uh, there are three liquefied natural gas operators who have applied for FERC permits. This is the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission licenses to operate liquefied natural gas or LNG export terminals. There are three uh, that have applied for these FERC licenses. They have all been granted optional licenses within the Port of Brownsville, and they're, they're expectation is that all three of these LNG facilities are likely to be approved by FERC, uh, which means they're going to be expanding 
export operations for LNG exports, three facilities. They feel quite comfortable about the environmental uh, implications of this. They feel like the facilities are well designed, that it's a safe technology. Uh, the, the port channel for Brownsville is 42 feet going to 52 feet right now. Uh, the Corps of Engineers is in the process of starting to deepening that channel. Uh, the port has the capacity in the space for LNG. So uh, what I've noticed, Tyler, all along the Texas coast, this LNG export uh, development is occurring here in in South Texas at the port of Brownsville. It's a big issue in the Corpus Christi area. So we're yeah. and this is this is part of the strategy uh, to export LN, liquefied natural gas to to Asia, China, uh, in and into Europe. And uh, this it's a booming business in Texas. Sure uh, is. So sure it is. It's going to have a big impact on the Texas coast as well. It already is. I mean the the plans for dredging, the plans for channel cutting, running the pipelines. I mean these are massive projects that have tens of hundreds of millions of dollars i would say probably an investment yeah. already yeah um, put into them there's a lot of momentum and uh we've seen at of course up in uh port ranzas uh the community kind of pushing back there yeah stories we're following on coastal news today go to coastalnewstoday.com to stay on right. top of all this stuff folks um That's right. so peter you that was cool because you were on a boat ride you guys saw dolphins it was yeah you, you well know, we took yeah we took beautiful a, day we, too it, it really was a, a really beautiful day and a chance to talk to a lot of the coastal professionals on board the boat and meet a lot of people that i hope we can interview yeah. today uh, share some of those conversations we hope to during the you know the their program is going on all day but we're going to be grabbing people out of the uh out of the programs and and having a chance to talk to them uh, but then we had last night, Tyler, which when we came back, we had the great, uh, we got to see the new Isla Blanca Park pavilion. Oh, yeah. uh, and what Near a, and dear to our hearts. Yeah, what a cool project and what a cool night. Totally. So, uh, by you know, this, this is a county, Cameron County Park on the very southern tip of South Padre Island, right adjacent to the, the Brownsville Ship Channel entrance. Right. And um, this park has been in existence for a long time, and Cameron County, and it, it had, it's fair to say that it had been well-worn, kind of, um, yeah. had out, you know, the pavilions had been rusted away, the, the parking lots and roads were cracked, and I mean, it just needed a, a serious renovation and kind of rethinking. Yeah. And uh, we actually worked on this. Uh, we worked with the county on the permitting part of it. We did. Uh, with with their architects and um, helped them come up with a plan, but which, you know, of course, was all renderings and on paper. So right. we got to go along with the entire group on the field trip. I did, by this point, folks, the news was done, so I got to meet <laughs> up with the group. And, um, man, it's cool. And to, the, one of the things that immediately struck me, the first stop on this tour of the park is this new amphitheater that they put in, which is facing right at the SpaceX launch uh, right. facility in Boca Chica. So uh, in the not-too-distant future, you can come to South Padre Island on a SpaceX launch day right. and sit there in this beautiful uh, facility yeah. and watch over the, you know, at a safe distance, watch the launches happen. And man, that's going to be. We've got to do that. We actually. do. That's we, that's got to be on we our really list. We really do. We have to. We and there is a, there is a launch they promised by the end of the year. So we haven't heard the date, but uh, we got to keep track and see if we can get down and see it. I would love to see it. Uh, the Isla Blanca Park upgrade about. It was multi million. I think eight million dollars on the amphitheater and the new culture center. 
the new pavilions. I mean, as Tyler said, we, we were back in our consulting days working with the county and permitted all of their park improvements, working in collaboration with the county, the Texas General Land Office, their design engineers and architects. And uh, so this was the first time we actually saw the park uh, since it was permitted. And uh, it is spectacular and incredible. I have to say incredibly well done. Uh, the pavilions were moved back off of the beach. The dune restoration and mitigation is outstanding. I just think uh, I'm really proud of that. Totally. Uh, being a part of that. I mean, we certainly were just part one of the many parts of the wheels that made that happen, but uh, yeah. really a great Well, our, our good friend and friend of the pod, Ruben <laughs> Trevino, uh, said it well. And, you know, these, these pavilion par- park improvement projects only happen every few decades. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it was great that it was incorporated into the field trip. And I got to say, I've, you know, we go to a lot of beach parks and, you know, we've, yeah. we've, fancy ourselves as a bit of connoisseur uh connoisseurs of these kind of things we've yeah. seen a lot of them yeah and this this spot looks great the new pavilions the dune system that has been installed where yeah. there was once no dunes in front of these pavilions there are no. now healthy wide dune vegetation with educational signage and this is uh, th- i think it's fair to say that this is the busiest Cameron County Park, I believe that is the no case. No question about it. No, it, que- it's extremely popular. Very popular. It has. N- uh, I can't remember the exact number, but about between eight hundred and a thousand RV park uh, parking places in the center of the park, and then surrounding it is all of the amenities along the shoreline. But in these are where the winter Texas. Texans come from Nebraska and Wisconsin and the upper Midwest. People come down in the winter, they get out of the snow and the cold, they bring an RV, they park it here all winter long. It's a, it's a great park. It's a key part of the economics of the county's parks department is the revenues mm-hmm. made off of Isla Blanca Park. And uh, Joe Vega, the park director, uh, was there a couple of the commissioners from Cameron County, Sofia Benavidez was there, and Commissioner Garza, who uh, we worked with. All of these folks, uh, they're very rightly proud of their park improvement program. I think they put in about, uh, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, a 10 to $20 million total park upgrade. All of the parks have been upgraded now. Um, Joe uh, was saying, Joe Vega was saying, you know, these are, we think these are the best parks on the, on the Gulf of Mexico now. And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. You might be right. I mean, Isla Blanca Park is superbly done. And like you say, I think the reason it was so so great to see it was this dune restoration and the fact that they moved the facilities off of the beach. They did this waterfront boardwalk with big dunes in front of it. It's just a superb, uh, I think, example of, of coastal planning uh, on shorelines that are kind of moving around a little bit, and you got you got to move back a little bit. And they did that. They really did. And it's it also just reflects, you know, a, a much more modern and forward-thinking view of this type of infrastructure. Uh, if the pavilions are quite simple. The tables are the kind of picnic tables underneath them, but you've got good shade structure. Again, I'm, I'll say it again, the healthy dune with the nice walkover. I think that that enhances the experience. Yeah. Um, 
and you still have the parking you know the the legally required parking here in texas for the beach is still all there but it's just placed back a little bit and it's more pedestrian friendly yeah. traffic flow has been dramatically improved these are you know these are nuts and bolts issues when you're thinking about how to design a park of of any type especially a coastal park um, but they really did a great job. Hats off to the uh, architects and, yeah. and all of the people that worked on it. Half an associate. Half an associate. Uh, Listen, Peter, really we got to we got to wrap this show up really okay. quickly because uh, we got to step in and, and uh, take in a, a quick talk here. But we want to thank one more time uh, the Coastal States Organization. Uh, for having us at yep, this Bradley Watson Bradley Watson executive who, director thank you very much for having us down and our good friends at the Palms Resort and Cafe on the Beach uh, who I just uh, really want to thank personally Troy Giles for putting the accommodations together for us and coastal transplants over there Steve Mercer in uh, Bolivia North Carolina who does believe it or not a boatload of dune restoration work in South Padre from his grow houses in North Carolina they bring the plants here they're that good they actually collect native seeds from down here yeah bring them up to the Carolinas yeah. where they cultivate them propagate them yeah. grow them up to a plant to a, a maturity where they can be planted yeah and then uh, drives them back yeah and plants them here so yeah uh, special thanks to our sponsors for uh, uh, allowing Coastal News Today and the American Shoreline Podcast Network to bring you great content from the Coastal States Organization member and guest meeting in South Padre Island. Thanks very much, and we'll have more great content coming to you soon. Winds gonna blow to London.